Hello. I have an invitation to tea with the Queen. Yes, Emma's been expecting you. Please come in. I think that we just massively underestimate, especially as women, our own capability and awesomeness. And it, it's changed. It's changed my life completely. Yeah. Sometimes I think you go through this journey as a business owner and think you're a bit crazy. You're like, who am I to have this dream? Well, I just think women are hard on themselves. I wish I had been more confident in what I was capable of. But I feel like you do what feels right for you, then that's going to be always on brand. Women, our natural inclination is to be pleasers and to put other people before self. I've never had a tea with the Queen before and this is such a pleasure. <laughs> Hello, I'm Emma McQueen and welcome to this first episode of Season 4. Season 4 already? My gosh, that has gone quick. Today is guest number 70 on Tea with the Queen. And what a gal to start the year with. Jemima Richards is known as the skin and soul whisperer. Our skin is a reflection of our internal stability and health. And for years, Jemima has guided people in the right direction to better skin. Jemima lives in Kinglake, a town north of Melbourne, which was devastated by the Black Saturday bushfires in 2009. From there, she has built her own business called Soap, Skin and Candle, an online store of bath soaps, crystals, teas, candles, and a wide range of other products for your skin and senses. Things have been going gangbusters for her business. She'll she'll share some of her tips on running an e-commerce business and also some tips for better skin. What more could you want? Jemima, welcome to Tea with the Queen. I feel like this episode might be quite fun to record. How are you? I'm fabulous, Emma. Thank you so much for the invitation to be on your fabulous podcast. And I am drinking a throat chakra tea. Ooh, what does that mean? So the throat chakra is all about being able to express yourself and, and be heard and to talk freely. So I thought it was very appropriate being on your fabulous podcast today and it required a cup of tea that there was no other choice than to have my throat chakra tea. I'm very glad Earl Grey didn't make it into the mix, just saying. Uh, You enjoy your throat chakra tea? I'm going to jump straight in. How did you become known as the skin and soul whisperer? That term was given to me by a number of my clients that I would be treating. So my background being in skin and beauty and wellness. So when they would come into my store and be laying on my bed and I'd be doing a facial for them, before I would start their facial, I would have a chat to their skin. And so they would be quiet and their eyes would be closed and my hands would just be touching their face and I would be feeling and we'd be having a little chat, the skin and I. And from there, I would open my eyes and then I would ask them some questions. And it could be to do with their skin or it could be to do with how they were feeling. And they would say, oh my gosh, how do you know that? And I would say, because the skin and the soul told me. Oh, that's beautiful. I've got goosebumps. That's beautiful. What is traditional Chinese medicine face mapping? Yeah, the old TCM face mapping is <laughs> an ancient, ancient, ancient practice or it's an ancient tool really 
that is used to help diagnose. So it's a visual tool to be able to look at someone and it's a diagnostic tool. So in modern medicine, we have lots of diagnostic tools that are more machinery based, I guess, or or, um, equipment based. And TCM use the face mapping to be able to read and give a clue as to where the, the internal dysfunction may be. So, you know, at a very, very classic one that I try to teach women about is if they were to put their fingers from the corners of their lips and just press it to their chin, that area under where their fingers are sitting is all directly linked to their ovaries. So you can tell from yourself, if you've got anything happening under those fingertips where they're sitting resting against your chin area, then that is your body telling you that there is an issue or an imbalance and it could be over or under active ovary area. Wowzers. Yeah, it's one of the many spots. So the face mapping we would use and use as a diagnostic tool when we were consulting with clients to understand about how we were going to help them achieve the outcomes to their skin that they were looking for. And face mapping is an incredible technique um, that is used not just on the face but it's also on the body. And it's one that is used to really help get a clue as to what else is going on inside because our skin is a reflection of our internal function. People don't realize that the skin is an organ and it's the largest one. So if we can use some tools like face mapping to give a clue as to what's going on, that sets off a whole other element to diagnose and connect the dots as to why the skin's doing what it's doing. Amazing. You have a lot of experience in this space. Can you tell us what were you doing before you set up your business of soap, skin and candles? Tell me about that. Since I was 13 years old, I wanted to be a beauty therapist and I wanted to help people feel better about themselves. That was sort of the driving emotion, I guess, behind it, because I recognized in high school that when girls were feeling unsure about themselves, they had pimples or they had problems on their face, it actually affected their confidence and it affected their ability to engage and connect at school. So I was sort of back then trying to help people fix their skin. So it was a pretty pretty obvious route of career for me. And since I was 13, that's what I knew I wanted to do. So I spent my whole working career in beauty therapy and wellness and health. But I also recognized when I was in my own business as a beauty therapist, and I was working with some really incredibly amazing skin products, that there was also an element around, there's only so much I can actually achieve by using skin products on the skin. And Back then when I was starting out, I was working with a a skincare range that was initially designed to treat burn patients. So a lot of my learning was also understanding not just the surface of the skin and what's underneath it, but how it all connects into the cells at the cellular level. So I recognize that to be able to really, really, really help people get good skin, I had to then go back and learn separately about nutrition. So I went back to school and I studied nutrition separately. Although interestingly enough, when I was studying beauty therapy, we did a whole year of nutrition study as part of our beauty therapy course. 
And at the same time that I was studying beauty therapy, my lecturer was also teaching GPs at the time. So people that were going through a medical school. I can still as clear as day remember him telling us that he was teaching us beauty therapists more about nutrition than was part of the medical curriculum that he was teaching to the doctors. And I think there's always been a bit of a misconception, um, especially in our country, that the GPs learn about nutrition. And that's only been more of a recent addition into that field. It wasn't ever a real component of their of their study. So that blew my mind as a 20, 19, 20-year-old 20 learning that I was learning more about nutrition than my doctor was. My, that was in a beauty therapy course. So we did a lot as part of our course, but I recognized, like I said, going forward, that to really make an impact, I needed to know more and more about nutrition. So that was why I went back to school and studied that separately. And I wasn't doing the nutrition study to become a nutritionist back then. It wasn't really a, a big thing 25 years ago, where it's a much bigger area of understanding now. So I was able to take the learning from the nutrition world with the beauty world and then fast forward a number of years and being involved in the Black Saturday bushfires and journeying through trauma and coming out the other side of trauma, I was able to then mix all of those principles and learnings together because skin Yes, while we see it, is a reflection of our internal nutritional function, but it's also a reflection of our emotional function. So recovering from trauma, going through trauma, recovering from any kind of trauma, doesn't really matter what the trauma is in its incidence. It's around what we do emotionally afterwards. I was able to merge all those three together and in my clinic, we were working not just on the skin, we were working through nutritional elements to help people understand how and what to shop for back in their pantry. This is, you know, many years ago now, back when gluten-free things weren't really known or the understanding around good essential fats um, and then also about emotional clearing techniques. So having working in the salon with, with reflexologists and, and then connecting our clients to our Chinese medicine practitioners and naturopaths and Reiki and other energy healing things that was all mixed in. So my work back in the day when I had still had the salon and the studio and working with people one-on-one day-to-day, it was a real combination of beauty, nutrition, emotional awareness and bringing it all together to be able to have the greatest connection to the client for them to have the greatest outcome, not just with how they looked but actually how they felt. Yeah, and what I love about that is it's much more of a holistic approach than just going to a beauty therapist and going, give me a good facial. <laughs> and look, back in, I mean, I'm talking, uh, I opened the store, my own standalone business. I opened that back in 2000 and people thought I was really batshit crazy because I was doing it not like everybody else was doing it. You know, we had soundproof rooms. You couldn't hear a phone ring when you came into our salon because that wasn't what we wanted you to hear when you came in. We wanted you to be completely relaxed and know that you had our attention and that for that time that you were with us, we were looking after you. And in that process, what happens with good beauty therapy is that you have the ability to have your nervous system completely relax and unwind and go from being in constant survival mode to being in the relaxed mode. So that's the how it all came together. And really, I talk about this all the time, and my nieces and nephews, when I start on something or a connection as to what's going on with their skin, 
their eyes just roll. It's like, here <laughs> she goes again. <laughs> oh, they'll be they'll be in about ten years. They'll be coming back to you. Watch watch that. Well, <laughs> yeah, as they've gotten older, that's happened exactly. <laughs> um, so you had the salon, and then you moved on, and you set up a new business, Soap Skin and Candles. Tell us about that. Well, Soap Skin and Candles, it's like another baby I've had. It feels like I've come back to my first love. Because uh, as a result of just the, the process of, of Black Saturday, I decided to get out of the beauty industry a few years later because I couldn't give to my clients like I once did. And life changes sometimes. You know, it doesn't have to be as a result of something big, but this in our in my life it was. So I moved away from beauty for a while and it was actually about moving away from having to look after people, I guess, is what it was also about because I had a lot I was doing. So in that process, though, of being not hands-on, I really missed it. I really missed the connection of working with people. So as years have gone on, I've dabbled in a little bit of um, still working with one-on-one on clients. I went back into teaching beauty therapy, so I you know, got my hands dirty with, with that side of it. But I still have this urge at times to be able to be with people one-on-one and do that, but that on you wasn't the right thing. So when I had our store, we actually didn't just sell skincare back then. So back when I had, uh, you know, the skincare on the shelf, next to it there could have been crystals, there would have been supplements, there would have been soaps. There was a whole range of different complementary things that we also had on offer for clients to utilise alongside their skincare. So the soap, skin and candles idea came around again with the urge to want to be back in that field. And the idea was then to maybe think about doing it a little bit differently. So the process came about that soap, skin and candles was going to to start and stock all of the beautiful things that I know that we have available to us, but with a real focus on the Australian made ranges and brands that we have here. So that love means that for me, it gave me a platform to be able to share some really wonderful things for people to to tap into and use. But alongside that, to be able to then share some of the wisdom that I've learned that doesn't mean they have to come to a one-on-one appointment, but start to educate and share the information that you're not going to read in the latest magazine or on an influencer's page necessarily. So it was about me finding an avenue to connect and provide the knowledge with the correct products, but also um, connect the dots, help them connect the dots as to what's going on. Well, the boxes are blooming beautiful. I had the pleasure for those listening of having Jemima's boxes at Day with the Queen, which is a once a year event we run for 100 women and they loved these boxes. Oh my goodness. They are beautifully curated. They have beautiful little surprise and delights and the quality of products in there is beautiful it looks like someone who knows exactly what they're doing has filled the box and I feel like that's exactly you the the quality of everything is beautiful how do you source the products Uh, through lots of research and lots of trying and lots of connecting with people and understanding their kind of, when I say their story, just their their heartfelt way of why they're doing and what they're doing it and what they hope to achieve for it. That connection for me is really, it's not everything, but it's, it has, it has meaning. And that is a starting point for me to look for products. Uh, But it's also definitely about the quality And the quality is important, but it's about what they can actually do and they have to work and they have to be 
luxuriously smelling or they have to make you feel good because when we're doing something to our face or any part of our body, it should feel nice. It should smell good. It should have a benefit, not just in its topical application, but the connection to how it makes us feel. So lots of trial. There's been some really products that I thought would have been amazing. And when I've then used them or try them, no, they haven't been quite like that. So that's, that's why I would always try them. The list of products that I want to add into the offering is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I bet it is. I bet it is. <laughs> I bet it to, is. I'm going to have to build a, a whole other shed for the for the products that are yet to come. <laughs> do you buy in bulk or do you buy in small batches? How do you make it work? Well, being a smaller business currently, the idea is that we are buying in smaller batches so that the products are fresh and they have good expiry dates and they're not sort of getting impacted by too much um, heat or cool. So we are buying in small batches so that we can then pack orders, pack the boxes um, and have stock on hand that if people have another idea for something that they need, we've got excess stock here without impacting the cash flow too hugely and having stock sitting around that's not moving. Yeah, it's a massive thing, cash flow, isn't it? Hmm. Number one issue. What do brands knock on your door and ask you if you'll sell their products yet? That'll be happening by 2024 is my plan. Okay. So brands will come to you versus you going to a brand. Yeah, that might be the plan. And, you know, in a big picture feel to be able to have a platform that is selling and offering and educating, connecting beautiful products that are Australian made, the more and more that we can have that are that are there that would be an incredible goal to have to be the one-stop platform where Australian brands are available. And when you say Australian made, I just want to ask you a question about supply chain. So do you check to see if it is all made here in Australia and designed here and to check the supply chain and all of that kind of thing? Have you got that rigor happening in your business yet? So for the soap, skin and candle products that we do that for, yes, there are some other associated products that are sold through some of the brands that we stock and they may not necessarily be made here, but there is a component of that is, or there are some things that they have within their brand that actually aren't able to be made or produced here. But that is very, very limited in that in that space. But all of our soaps, all of our skin, all of our candle products are all Australian made here on our land. Awesome. That's awesome. On your website, you say that you have, in inverted commas, modernised some things that were once seen as a bit woo-woo. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I know what you mean by that, but for our listeners, what does that mean? Well, you know, woo-woo can be a little bit witchy-poo or a little bit out of the realm of what people have been exposed to because sometimes people just don't know what they don't know and their knowledge of things might be from what somebody else has told them. They may have dabbled in something and had a really bad experience and then think it's all like that. So, I mean, an example is, I guess, for me working on people and energy, it's very much what people would now call Reiki. It's been around forever. But back in the day, Reiki, when I was learning it, they were like, what? What's, what are you doing? What, what are, what's happening with that? Or what is that crystal there? Isn't that a bit, ooh, won't that be a little bit chakras? What, what the hell is a chakra? And it was sort of something that wasn't as well-known or as talked about, whereas now these things are learning, you know, they're a bit more obvious, but it's around making sure that the the woo-woo side, the, its actual history or its origin or its intention is understood because if we understand the intention of that, 
or some of those things like chakras, for example, if we can understand the intention and what it's about, we can help see how it can help us in our day-to-day life. And something as simple as say, like we were saying about a throat chakra, the throat chakra is positioned at the base of our throat and it represents our ability to speak our truth and to be talking and to be heard. And some people have a real problem with being able to maybe do that. So perhaps if they were working on things to help their throat chakra and be that yoga poses, be that certain crystals that might help that, be it drinking certain teas, there are just some things that can support the intention and the plan or the idea to help you be heard. Yeah, I love that. I love that. That's awesome. Um, What are some of the challenges that you face as a business owner? Uh, There's challenges around wanting to do everything at once. (laughs) (laughs) And that is because I, I guess starting out with soap, skin and candles, being predominantly an e-commerce business, you know, with grand plans to have a store that also holds all the products. But because I come from a business that's always been a storefront and working one-on-one with people and getting them in front of me and I can touch them and I can feel them, that has been probably my biggest challenge in starting an online store because my question from the very beginning has been, How can I energetically connect with the people? Because that's what I used to do all the time. So how do I, if I'm not seeing them one-on-one and touching them, how can I touch them effectively through the online store? And I feel like some of the little surprise and delights start to do that. And the way that we, I mean, everyone can pack a beautiful box and lots of businesses do that. We pack a beautiful box, but there are a few other little things that I feel like energetically connect to them. We also do a bit woo-woo stuff, you know, around the stock. You know, we sage it and we cleanse the the area where everything's held. And some of the items actually go out under the full moon to be cleansed, to be recharged. So there, there's those energetic elements that I've been able to do. So that's been one, that's been my, probably my biggest thing. And the other thing I think is also then recognizing the strengths that I do have and the areas that aren't my strengths and how I best work around those. And outsourcing, I'm very good at outsourcing where I need to. Um, and having a virtual assistant has been the best thing I had ever, you know, I've ever done in reality. But then working with the people around you that have the information being okay to ask for help and to say, I'm not sure how to do this. I'm happy to learn, but I'm happy to learn what I need to keep and what I need to palm off or, you know, those sort of things. So I guess those elements, we can get bogged down in the stuff it's not for us to be doing, but then the cost factor comes in. Well, how can I afford to pay someone to do that? So it's it's learning how to balance all of that. Yeah, it's tricky, tricky when you want to do it all too. And you know you've got a great product that you want to get into other people's hands. And all the different ideas. It's all, you know, there's so many ideas. And and I have a wall in my house that's just scribbled on with all the different, you know, not on the wall directly, on the paper stuck to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. judgment if you had it on your wall. <laughs> Sometimes I just thought, I think I should just use the wall and paint over it when I'm done. <laughs> yeah, get that magnetic paint out and then just... There you go. Oh, the old oh. chalkboard. I used to, I used to have a, a chalkboard wall in the house that I would be scribbling ideas on. Maybe oh, I should do that I love again. It. I love it. I, you've got a really full life, so you do do a lot of different bits and pieces. How do you balance work and life? Um, very intentionally. 
um, being 50, turning 50 this year and looking back and reflecting and remembering and being aware of all the things I've learnt, not just in business but life. I've been involved in a number of businesses over my time and volunteer organisations and other things. You learn a lot about what makes you tick and what makes you tip over. And I think having tipped over before a number of times and and learning, you know, how you get back up and how you push through or not push through, how you actually do it better, they are the things that I've brought to to this going forward. So to balance things, I have really good boundaries. And some people in business that are on the the go train and just never get off it and the hustle and, and they might look at how I'm doing things, which is with some clear boundaries and think I'm crazy and that I would never succeed because I'm not pushing hard enough and working till all hours of the night. My balance works because I know I need to be in bed and asleep by a certain time because then I function better and I know when my best window of work time is so I make sure I'm doing the harder stuff in those windows of time. But at five o'clock I walk out of my office and I close my door and then I have other things to attend to in the house that need doing and getting out and going for a walk and whatever it might be. So the boundaries, the intentions, and at times there are nights when I've had to work through late because there's stuff that's pressing but the old days of, you know, 20 years ago of wearing busy like a badge or wearing I've gone to bed at 2 o'clock in the morning like a badge, thinking that was a good thing, no, those days are long gone. So the days are, are better planned. Yeah, I think that comes with age too, right, age and wisdom, you know, and we just have to manage our energy. I'm hearing a lot about people feeling a little bit burnt out and the question I normally ask about burnout is, are you burnt out because you're hustling too hard and you're not getting enough of the basics? Are you burnt out because you're not doing enough things that bring you joy? Or are you burnt out because you're not using your strengths? Normally it's one of those kind of things because I think everyone can go, yeah, I'm just burnt out, I'm just tired. Yeah, but why are you tired? You're not doing enough of the stuff that fills your soul and that's why you, you could be tipping over. Of course there's other things for you, Black Saturday, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But I think... We need to get better at going, just stopping and going, why am I feeling the way that I'm feeling? A hundred percent. And life can be pretty simple, you know, in the sense of if we get some good sleep, if we get some good nutrition, and I'm not talking nutrition about even, you know, what you do or donate or what, I mean, in terms of, you know, if you're on a paleo or keto or gluten-free, that's not the important thing. It's eating according to what you need to fuel your body and and your brain and People would often, we'd have these conversations at the shop all the time with people. I'd be like, would you pull into the um, petrol station and fill up your car that takes petrol, but would you fill it up with diesel? And they'd be like, no. And I'm like, well, if you're filling up your body with effectively the wrong fuel, you're not going to go very far and you're not going to have the ability to get through what you need to get through and, and not just get through it, but enjoy it. We should be enjoying as much of this stuff as we possibly can day to day where we can. And you're right. I think people don't do enough. We don't we don't put enough importance on making time to do the things that really make us feel feel really really good. And then most of us don't get enough sleep. So those three things alone: <laughs> some nutrition, some hydration. You know, being hydrated, getting some good sleep, just getting out in nature. The thing about sleep is there's a massive correlation between sleep and confidence, and people seem to not understand this. You know, they used keeping soldiers awake as a form of torture. And what people don't quite understand is that if you're 
there's a lot of us who have very busy lives, family lives, aging parents, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And the problem is we then don't get time to ourselves because we don't make time for ourselves during the day, and then we have time to ourselves at night, and then we scroll on our phones, and that pushes our sleep cycles out. And then we wake up the next morning feeling tired. But what happens is we feel less confident, and I cannot express enough how much getting a good amount of sleep messes or not with your confidence and of course there's other things you can do about confidence right but you know the reality is if you're not getting enough sleep chances are you're not as confident as you could be Uh, if you're not getting enough sleep there is the list of you know a hundred thousand things that it links to is is astronomical and i don't think there is enough understanding at its basic level because people would say to me oh i still get eight hours sleep but i don't go to bed till two o'clock in the morning and I'm like, well, that's really great that you're getting eight hours, but did you actually know between the hours of 10 and 2 o'clock in the morning, there are certain biological processes that occur in that time frame? And when you go to bed at 2 o'clock, you don't start doing them then. You've missed them. So they are gone and your body hasn't got the chance to, to redo it between 2 and 6 in the morning. There are certain things that take place at a certain time and the circadian rhythm is just mind-blowing in its own little world. And if people could do one thing to gift themselves, the sleep thing is the first one because the sleep thing also too will determine what you feel like eating and drinking the next day. Yes, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. feel like whether the sun's out or the sky's blue or whatever it might be, it, it has such a massive impact. Yeah, totally agree. Jemima, it's been such a pleasure listening to you and hearing about your business, Soap, Skin and Candles. We'll put all the details in the show notes so that everyone can order themselves a box or order their buddies a box. It's a beautiful present for someone. Thank you so much. It's been such a privilege and a joy to um, have tea with you today. (laughs) Thanks, Emma. Thanks for listening to Tea with the Queen. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help to get the word out. For more about me, please visit emmamcqueen.com.au and I look forward to your company next episode. Goodbye. Thank you for coming.